0: It's so good that you're with us today for the podcast and and as you're listening and uh, you're absorbing week by week something from the podcast, I pray and we pray as we share that today you'll be filled with boldness to share about Jesus in your context, in your world and you'd be feeling empowered as a disciple to be able to walk it out of what it means to not only follow Jesus but to go and be fishers of men. And uh, we've got on this podcast Jerry Wong from Adelaide. Jerry and his wife Katie are pioneering in, in South Australia and trying to uh, not only be in the harvest and train other workers, and uh, they are they are really connecting and doing things really well. And also we have Esther. Esther is reaching out to Persian people and Afghani people and actually lots of different kinds of people. Um, but she has a real heart for Muslims from uh, Central Asia, and she is uh, been sharing and doing a wonderful work. She has just so many stories and DBS is happening, and things going on. It's just fantastic. So, welcome, guys, to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Dave. Good to be here.
0: Thanks, Dave. So good to be
2: here.
0: Uh, Jerry, over there in South Australia, um, tell us a little bit about your context and and what your situation's like, Jerry.
2: Sure. So yeah, my name is Jerry. I'm married to my wife Katie, and we have four kids, four young kids aged between about 2 to 9. Um and we've just moved to South Australia for the last 12 months. Um and we would love to see God at work here, um in this state and to see a disciple-making movement catalyzed in South Australia. Also, I work as a GP obstetrician, um, so spend a bit of time in the hospital, at a private GP clinic, and also at the Aboriginal Medical Service. So, um, yeah, plenty of um, things to keep me busy during the week.
0: Fantastic, Jerry. Thank you. Um, that's that's just, just great to see someone who's in the workplace, who's got a vision for disciple making, and a broader vision for a state, but... Um, Gee, that must be challenging at times. Um, Tell us about some stories about what that looks like for you as you're uh, in the harvest there. Um, I guess the great thing about working
2: during the week is that there's so many points of connection with the community. So whether that's the colleagues that I see, um, other doctors, nurses, but also through family life, there's so many parents we can be in contact with through the school community and also um, things like cricket and soccer as well. Um, So the challenge, I guess, for for us is in that busyness of work and family life, um, yeah, how do we make disciples and engage um, in the community in a spiritual way? And one of the things that God has really been teaching me is um, just to slow down, I think, it's so easy to have all these casual conversations um in the australian context like everyone just you know says hey how are you going i'm good how's the weekend yeah good and then you kind of move on to the next thing that you have to do um but i really like that model of uh, those four quadrants of uh, conversations from moving to a casual conversation, to a meaningful conversation, to a spiritual one, and then discovering um, Jesus. So, um, you know, it's just a model, but I find that framework kind of helpful in um, just learning to slow down and to actually give the opportunity for people to talk a bit more about um, things which are really close to their heart um, and asking those deeper questions of, um, hey, how are you? How are you really going? You know, I see you're a bit stressed today or you seem a bit tired. What's going on? Um, and yeah, how's your family? How, how's your kids actually doing? And it just gives people a chance to open up if they want to and share what's really going on. Um, and from there, um, there's been just, yeah, lots of chances to um, turn that into a spiritual conversation and to offer prayer for people, especially. I think a lot of um Aussies are open to prayer like they may reject the idea of religion but um when life is tough um i think people appreciate when you say hey can i pray for you and um whether you do it there or later on um you know it depends on the situation but yeah, that's one way to uh, introduce spiritual things, uh, I've found. Um, and also, in that moment, also uh, to share uh, maybe a Bible passage if it's if it's relevant. So, for example, you know, I was talking to a, a nurse recently and she was just struggling with a few things in life and um, maybe feeling a bit hopeless. And I was just able to share with her that verse from Jeremiah that uh, when God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And, you know, for us believers, we may have heard that a thousand times, but for her, it was the first time that she's heard it. So it can make a real big impact that way, um, just stepping out and, and sharing a verse that would be encouraging to them. And I remember another time that I was yeah talking with a family, um, a mum from from school and she was yeah just a bit stressed and worried about her kids and her health and also about COVID. And yeah, I just felt to share with her, hey, um, I've been praying for you. And this is just a verse that I wanted to share with you about how the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And I was just able to tell her, hey, I've been praying this um, passage over your family. Um, and I just wanted to encourage you with that. And um, yeah, I just find those have been really great opportunities to share something spiritual. If I was just to slow down and um, take time with people and really um, listen and um, get to know them on a deeper level,
0: it's amazing to um, to be able to uh, slow down and listen. And I think this is one of the key differences between disciple making and um, and uh, the some of the. The evangelism that we experience sometimes when people are are jumping in and and sharing really fast rather than slowing down and listening and um, yeah just just tease that out a little bit more for us about how how we need to slow down and listen and really keen to hear from you about families on mission because um, there's a lot of families that uh, you know, oh, this is Mum and Dad's thing, or this is something that that is um just for the for one person, but the family's not involved, so yeah, how do you slow down and and what does it look like for families on mission together? Yeah,
2: so I'm sure um every Kind of parent um, who's a believer would have this prayer that their the kids would grow up to know and love jesus, and certainly that's um, the prayer for Katie and myself and we want them to um, yeah we want to disciple them it you know having spiritual conversations doesn't start in the community um, we believe it needs to start in the home um, it starts with our kids um, and and then from there move out into the community so that can be kind of. Um, in just random times, whether in the car, travelling, or um, over dinner, or we also have more structured time when we do a DBS um, with our kids on a regular basis. Um, And, yeah, we just hope uh, just having an environment where spiritual things are talked about, and it gives a chance to the kids to ask those questions um, as well. And we really want to show them by example that, hey, this is what our life's about, um, um, how we want to show our love to God and to other people. And so, for example, um, you know, if we've been out at the playground, sometimes I'm having a conversa- one of these spiritual conversations with one of the other parents and I might just tell the kids, hey, can you just give us... 10 minutes um you know just play quietly for 10 minutes um and then later on you know i can explain to them hey this is what i was doing with the other parent we're talking about these things and they don't know jesus yet but um yeah let's pray for them now together so um so in a way they're they're not just hearing about it as we um do dbs at home but also they're hopefully seeing it in action um as we go out in the community so um and i can't say you know i'm doing this all by myself i I'm very grateful for my wife, Katie, and um, what she does um, as well. And we're doing this together as a team. Um, And that said, though, you know, our kids are young. We're just kind of learning how it all works to um, disciple our kids and do family. Um, But, uh, yeah, we're just learning by trial and error and praying and listening to God. And, yeah, hopefully it turns out all good.
0: That's awesome, Jerry, And just... um... Just the I know having been with your family, how you not just uh, talk about making disciples, but you pour into your kids and such beautiful kids they are, and and you and Katie just are doing an amazing job there. But how the whole family is on mission together, and that's really exciting. Uh, One last question for you, Jerry, before we turn our attention to Esther. Um, You're also great at building team and. and having others involved in that. Tell us a little bit about that, how you're multiplying workers while you're um, working full-time you're in the harvest and, and how you're now multiplying uh, into the others. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Mm. So as I was saying before, um, obviously my um, immediate team uh, would be my wife, Katie, and we know that we're on this journey together. As you know, Jesus sent out his disciples. It was two by two. So I am very um, thankful that God's given me Katie to do this um, journey and mission together. But as well as that, um, we've had the privilege of um, kind of learning together with another couple that we've been meeting kind of on a weekly basis over the last few years. And yeah, we just really uh, appreciate our time of uh, meeting together regularly. Um, We Uh, We catch up, connect, um, sometimes do a DBS. We always pray together and it just gives us a chance to celebrate those little wins and um, those times when, yeah, there are spiritual conversations happening or there's a chance of a new DBS happening um, and we can celebrate with whoever's, you know, had that opportunity in the last week and keep each other accountable as well. Um, and some weeks, you know, I feel like one week, two weeks, three weeks, I, I feel like I've got nothing to share, nothing's really been happening um, and that happens but then um, the others can get around me and pray that, um, yeah, something will turn up and that, um to persevere and to be faithful and just sowing seeds. So, yeah, having that team to do all this together is so important because, um, uh, I guess, yeah, that's how Jesus intended. He had the twelve disciples. He sent them out two by two. Um, so, yeah, I encourage um, everyone to to at least find one other person that's like minded that um, we can that can do this journey together with.
0: So that was so good listening to Jerry, and um, uh, he's just doing such a great job. A, a doctor, a GP, in the harvest, but the whole family's involved and. Uh, He's um he's just um yeah got a real vision for South Australia but now we're jumping into a totally different context. Esther, tell us a little bit about your context and what it looks like for you.
1: Mm, yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, well, I work uh, in a very multicultural area of a large city in Australia, and I live amongst Afghans. So this is. Just an honor and a privilege because they're beautiful people. And, you know, I go to the supermarket and I have conversations. Uh, I've gotten to be really good friends with my neighbor. Lots of opportunities there just to pray a blessing, to talk with her family also in Afghanistan via FaceTime and various things like this. Just living in this area brings up a lot of opportunities for conversations. And uh, there's also been some other ways that I've connected. I've done a language class, and that opened up many doors and led into a DBS with one lady whose relative went to the class. So, yeah, that was a wonderful space to be in, just very, very rich. Uh, One example was, you know, she would read the story in Dari. I would read it in English. She would often want to share and translate and explain. And one thing that stood out was uh, the story of Jesus in the wilderness. And, you know, in the English context, it says the angels came and ministered to him. And she said, the angels came and showed him hospitality. He, they gave him food. They took care of him. So it was really, it really deepened my of the Bible doing these 30 stories, Creation to Christ, over a few years. And that was, yeah, very special. And she had some significant dreams. And one one time she was watching uh, Heaven is for Real about the little boy who went to heaven. And she said, oh, Esther, you know, the part where he reaches out and takes uh, Isa's hand. I prayed that night that I would take Issa's hand and I felt a lot of peace. So, some very significant encounters, but really love the DBS process. And I can see how valuable it's been for her to remember the stories because you're repeating it a few times and then retelling it and then straight away applying and obeying. So, from day one, she's been doing that. And the other thing that my friends and I have been doing is sharing some scripture. And we've been trying out in a booklet format. And one one thing that has been really great is this Nauru's booklet based on some of the things from the half Seen table. So uh, if people are familiar with Persian culture...
0: Hang on a minute. No, no, you've lost me now. Uh, Tell me, what is this word naruz and what is a hasin table? These are mystery words.
1: (laughs) Okay, naruz is Persian New Year. So when I say Persian, uh, that refers to Afghan and Iranian people. And it's usually around March 21st each year. And it's a really, really big event for Afghans and Iranians. So some of them, what they do is set up this table and they put items on it. For example, an apple, vinegar, coins, various things that represent uh, um, ideas. For example, like apple is health and beauty. So, we put together some scriptures and pictures, and we've, you know, called it a Nauru's booklet, and it's about poems. So, I've been giving that away to people, and it's they've really, really loved it. One friend gave it to her class, and six of the Afghans uh, responded really well. One lady started reading it out during the class, and then one of the men. He he liked it so much he didn't want to share it with the others. So uh just have had a really great response and two of them they've started applying things into their lives. One lady said she wants to treat her kids better and she talked to my friend about that and the man he was wanting to separate from his wife but through conversation with my friend he's staying by the sounds of it. So that has been a great form just to have it some of the scriptures in like a small booklet because some of these cultures uh or for Afghans many of them haven't been to school and they can get very overwhelmed if they look at a bible and they don't I don't know where to start or what to look at and even how to read Dari so yeah that's been uh quite a good one and I really enjoy what I do. I love being in the midst of Afghan people. There's a restaurant nearby that I've started going to quite frequently and will practice writing my daria. Um especially Psalm twenty three is one that many have responded to and uh a few weeks ago there were three Iranian ladies sitting across from me and they asked me what I was doing and I showed them that I was practicing my writing and They looked at the psalm and the older lady took it and she kissed it. So this is a sign of, you know, love and honor and respect. They often do this with the Quran. And so just putting together now some resources where it has the Discovery Bible study process in Dari. And then, you know, some scriptures and putting together another booklet. So that's what I've been up to.
0: That's just awesome esther and and how um how you've been connecting, you know probably the listeners don't know, but some of those stories of others taking the booklet are people you have discipled and and they are now uh reaching others, and it's just really exciting to see multiplication uh starting to take place as as scriptures are getting relayed to second generation and and further um How is this different to traditional evangelism for you esther how how you know you, you we 've been around um, church situations for a while and there 's a sense of um, with spiritual conversations um, awkwardness sometimes or um, people jumping into spaces they 're not invited to um, sometimes they start talking and there 's a lot of tension in those conversations but in this area of having spiritual conversations, it's kind of different. You're, there's a lot of laughter and joy and, and response. Can you describe some of the difference that, that you experience?
1: Mm, sure. So I've never been really one who's, um, I guess, my personality more fits the style of, hey, you know, relationship and listening and two-way conversation. And DBS is really great because uh, it's reading the stories together and then going through the questions. And it just feels more comfortable for me and my personality type. And so it's very natural and also very effective. I think how I was saying, my Afghan friend, she remembers a lot of these stories that we've read and she can explain them to others, and I know that there's a Christian lady at her workplace, and this Christian lady said, "Wow, I'm really surprised you you know these stories better than I do and so, yeah, I guess I'm not really someone who would stand and preach to others., uh, but just really love connecting with people and relationships, spending time together. So I, I am more that approach I just feel more comfortable with. But, uh, you know, thank goodness for ones like Billy Graham and people who are called to more of the upfront ministry and preaching style.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, so good. Um, and what I'm hearing is it's just so highly relational, it takes time. people go uh through the scriptures uh, hearing God obeying God and uh and walking it out and um it's um it's not um, trying to convince people it's really responding with um in different situations Tell me as you're doing this journey and i just 'm um, one of your greatest fans esther as you um just uh are seeing person after person just responding with hunger to God. Um, some of the lessons you're learning as a, as a worker, as a practitioner in the harvest. So what are are some of the things that you're learning? Hmm.
1: Yeah. So a lot of lessons, uh, as I said, just about listening, especially when people are in trauma. Rick Warren has this quote that he says, when people are in pain, just show up and shut up. And I just remember that, and a lot of these people are, their whole lives have been turned upside down with what's happened in their home country. Another quote is from Miraculous Movements that says if you want to touch a Muslim's heart for the gospel, you have to be a genuine friend. You need to ask God to give you honest concern for them. Not to see Muslims as trophy conversions, but as people whom God loves. And whom you can love as well. And yeah, I think they can really pick it up if, if we have an agenda or if it's not genuine. So, you know, just to be praying for them, praying that I will have this genuine love that God will help me to see them as he sees them. And, you know, they, several of them have become very, very close friends. My neighbors, I sort of see as my, adopted nieces and nephews. And uh, so I wasn't, that was quite a surprise in a way. And they also show a lot of care for me. I can remember once with my neighbor, uh, I had been there for a few hours already. And then I said, well, I have to go home and do a meeting. And she goes, okay, we'll come back after that. And it was already pretty late. And I said, oh, like, I kind of have to go to bed. And she goes, oh, but why? <laughs> and she goes, oh, it's hard for you because your family is not here and you live by yourself. And, you know, it was very sweet. So uh I feel very blessed. Other lessons, there are a lot of lessons, really. Uh, but those are two that stand out at the moment.
0: mm, mm just just fantastic yeah esther and just as we've been listening both to jerry as a gp and and now to you uh i hope the person who's listening to this podcast can walk out of this with some really accessible ways to have spiritual conversations to jump into the harvest and to and to be able to um uh yeah really connect in meaningful ways and uh, it's it's just so important for us to be able to break out of the shackles that we find ourselves in of not being able to talk and have conversations. Um, so, just I'm just wondering if you would uh, have any final things that you'd like to encourage the the listener as they're um, been listening to this feast, really, of how to how to make connections, how to have spiritual conversations as Jerry was saying that that really is from Paul Watson when he was talking about casual to meaningful to spiritual to uh, discovery um yeah how would you like to encourage the listener as Mm. we finish off our podcast today
1: yeah I would love to encourage people to connect with Muslims and others from unreached people groups Uh, I have found Muslims to be quite responsive to talking about faith issues. It's something that they're more comfortable with, it seems, than say, uh, a Westerner. And there are a lot of Muslims and other people from unreached people groups in Western nations. Uh, I, where I live, I have several around me. So I, that would be my encouragement. And I can pray as we finish as well yeah father thank you for this time and for what you're doing in our lives and in the ones that we are reaching out to and really pray father for more of your heart that we would see people as you see them that we would have that genuine love as we reach out God and that we would see people engaging in your word and thank you that you have incredible power through your word to transform people's lives so i just pray that you would pour out your holy spirit on every listener and just even this next month that you would open doors for each one father and we just pray your blessing in jesus name amen